Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Simeon Cohen, and in case you've been wondering all week, I'm a rabbinical student at the Jewish Theological Seminary. Today, we will be studying Masechet Psachim, Daf Kuf Yud, page 110. This daf deals with a very different type of material than we've dealt with all week, and it's very interesting. It primarily deals with uh, the subject of rabbinic superstition. I'm going to start with a piece of Mishnah that is quoted at the end of page 109. Again, this is harkening back to the Mishnah that opens the parak on page 99, and the Mishnah here states, Don't give him less than four cups of wine. Now, this is in reference to uh, people who give charity on Pesach. Uh, If they're giving charity, if they're donating wine to impoverished Jews, they have an obligation to give those Jews at least four cups of wine. So even poor Jews can fulfill the obligation to drink four cups on Pesach. The Gemara goes on to ask the following question. How could the sages establish a principle through which one will expose himself to danger? Now you may be scratching your head over this one legitimately. Unless they're warning us against getting excessively drunk, how can one drinking four cups of wine lead one to expose oneself to danger? The rabbis answer this question in a bright time. But wasn't it taught in a Brita that a person should not eat in pairs and should not drink pairs of cups and should not wipe himself with pairs and should not attend to his sexual needs in pairs? In other words, this Brita establishes that there's a problem with doing anything in even numbers. There's something not right about doing things in pairs. Why is this the case? During the rabbinic period, there was a concern that one who uses pairs and does things in pairs exposes oneself to sorcery and demons. In other words, you're leaving yourself open and exposed and vulnerable to evil forces and magic and demons. So the rabbis were very concerned that things should not be done in pairs. So if they believed that it was the case that doing things in pairs left one vulnerable to evil spirits, why would the sages obligate us to drink four cups of wine, two pairs of cups. Amarav Nachman, Amar Kra, Leil Shimurim, Leil Hamshumar Uvamin Hamazikin. Rav Nachman said that we learn from a verse, it was a night of watching, a verse from Exodus 12, which indicates that Passover night is a night that remains guarded from demons and evil spirits of all kinds. Therefore, there's no cause for concern about this form of danger on this particular night rendering it safe to drink wine in pairs. Moving on to Ardaf, the Gemara brings in a Brita, which tells us that those who drink in pairs are responsible for their own demise. Tanarabanan, Shotekiflaim, Domobirosho. The sages taught in a Brita, if one drinks in pairs, his blood is on his own head. He's responsible for his own death, presumably his own untimely death. 
a bit later on the daf, the Gemara discusses some of the methods that people would use to avoid drinking in pairs. For example, the Gemara tells us that Abaye would drink one cup, and then to ensure that he didn't inadvertently drink another cup, which would result in him drinking a pair of cups, his mother would immediately place two more cups in his hand. So instead of drinking two cups, he would drink three cups, uh, preventing him from drinking a pair of cups and exposing himself to danger or demons. In classic rabbinic fashion, now that a principle has been established, much of the rest of the daf is devoted to delineating exceptions to that principle, which ultimately results in the rabbis essentially undermining the principle. The rabbis will now go on to tell us why drinking 10 cups is not dangerous, and why drinking 8 cups is not dangerous, and why drinking 6 cups is not dangerous, and ultimately why drinking 4 cups is not dangerous. I'm going to focus on why 10 cups is not problematic here. Amar Ula, Asara Kosot, Einbahem Mishum Zugot. Ula said, 10 cups contain no element of the danger associated with pears. Ula Latame, Damar Ula, Ve'amrila, Ve'matnitatana. Ula rules here in accordance with his reasoning, as was stated elsewhere, and some say it was Tatna Breita. The sages instituted that one must drink ten cups of wine in a house of mourning. This is based on Proverbs 31.6, which states, Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine to those bitter in soul. The text goes on to ask, how could the sages have instituted something that they knew was dangerous? If the sages legitimately believed that drinking 10 cups of wine was a danger and would leave people vulnerable to demons, then they wouldn't have instituted this practice of drinking 10 cups at a house of mourning. The fact that this is a rabbinically sanctioned practice is an indication that drinking 10 cups isn't actually a danger. The text goes on to explain that drinking 8 cups is also not dangerous. Rav Chista v'Rabba bar Rav Chuna de'Amrei Tarvayhu Shalom le'Tova mitzdaref le'Ra'a lo mitzdaref. Rav Chista and Rabba bar Rav Chuna both say that the word Shalom combines for good but does not combine for bad. And you'll have to take this one with a grain of salt. This is a bit of a hermeneutic jump, admittedly. But what this means is that the word Shalom is the seventh word in the priestly benediction. Numbers 6.26 Since the seventh word in Numbers 26.6 is Shalom, and Shalom has a positive connotation, then the seventh cup, which is paired up with the eighth cup, must also have a positive connotation. Therefore, the pair, made up of cups seven and eight, must be a pair for good, not a pair for bad. The Gemara goes on to use the same trick for the fifth cup and the third cup, using the words Vichuneka and Vishmarecha. And ultimately, they determined that the sixth cup and the fourth cup can't possibly be bad because they're paired up with the fifth cup and the third cup, respectively, and the fifth cup and the third cup correspond to positive words in the priestly blessing. Although this line of reasoning is certainly a hermeneutic jump and may seem a bit far fetched, I very much support what the rabbis are attempting to accomplish here. It was clear to them that despite the belief that drinking in pairs could leave one vulnerable to evil spirits, not drinking in pairs was not a tenable position to support. So instead of jettisoning the practice of drinking in pairs, the rabbis took major steps to try and work around the system. Although I think the way they approached justifying drinking eight, six, and four cups is very interesting and is a great example of rabbinic creativity, 
What struck me as being most significant was their desire to justify drinking 10 cups. Despite the fact that they may have believed that drinking 10 cups could have left them exposed to evil forces, the mitzvah of Nichum Avelim, comforting the mourners, clearly took precedence for them over their superstitious belief. At the point where not drinking in pairs infringed upon their ability to perform a mitzvah, especially a ben adam lechavero mitzvah like Nichum Avelim, they let their superstitious practice fall by the wayside. I think this says an immense amount about rabbinic priorities. Even though they believed that drinking in pairs could have left them exposed to demons, the rabbis determined a way to work around the system for the sake of allowing Jews to help their fellow man. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed studying with me today. Please join me again tomorrow for Daf Kuf Yud Aleph, page 111. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros, from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.